the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We are never given the right by God to execute justice on the basis of our own anger and personal disposition. Because if we do, we will inevitably execute justice based on our own laws. We become a law unto ourselves. And when that happens, all hell will break loose. That's what's going on. We are only allowed to exercise righteous justice, righteous anger under God's direction, not our own personal hate and fury. Time and time again, if you read the Old Testament, it was God who gave directions on how His people should deal with their enemies. It's God's direction that His people need to follow in order for justice to take place. It was never given to the nation to use their own wisdom or use their own mechanism, use their own emotional response, use their own anger to deal with the enemies of God. God superintends everything, especially in how we exercise justice in dealing with the things that are going on. It's about God's righteous decrees. It is God who judges. It is God who sets the rules. We are to obey the decrees of the Lord and respond according to His ways, according to His directions, not according to our own personal anger because all hell will break loose. Let me give you an example. In, in, during World War II, this is, this is incredible, all right? We all know that we need to stop the Japanese from expanding their rule in the South Pacific because they are an imperial... Uh, uh, an army really just invading nation after nation in, uh, in the Pacific. You know, if you have any kind of righteous indignation, yes, let's go deal with those Japanese army. Let's go defeat them. Let's go, let's go finish uh, the war by, by, by defeating them and punishing them. And that's, that's good. We need to fight tyranny. But at the same time, they gathered a lot of Japanese Americans... And they put him on concentration camp style <laughs> facilities. Okay? Now, I, I, again, I'm not speaking on behalf of Asians or whoever. I'm speaking of hum- humanity's failure to exercise proper judgment of righteousness when it comes to dealing with anger. All right? On the one hand, it's justified that you defeat the Japanese army, but on the other hand, you have to incarcerate these potential spies. That can, I mean, that's what they said. Later on, uh, historian says, well, that would have been good for the Japanese people. Otherwise, they said, uh, they're going to be victims of violence because a lot of people at that time who dislike the Japanese are going to go, you know, go after them. 
But that's some kind of a twisted thing, you know? <laughs> How can you fight evil with another form of evil? It just doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because God says, it's my way. When you exercise judgment, don't use your anger. Don't use your indignation, however correct you are, because I, I alone, God says, will be the one who will correct all the wrongs. Only God can do that. The moment we try to correct the wrongs that we cannot correct accurately because we don't know God, we play God. And when we play God, hell breaks loose and things happen. And you don't have to be a very smart man or woman to figure out what God is saying in His Word. The battle of Jericho. God says to Joshua, I already gave you the land, but just, go, just go, don't go in there, okay? I want you to do it this way. I want you to march six times around the city, and on the seventh time you blow the trumpet, the walls are going to go crumbling down. Okay? Now when the, 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 the wall comes down, I want you to go in, and this is what you're going to do, God says. I want you to take all the plunder, take it, and offer it to me. It belongs to me. The city's wealth, the city's treasure, the city, everything in that city, God says, belongs to me. Do not take anything for yourself. Just go in there. Those are instructions that they needed to follow. Okay? Because, because if they don't, God is going to put His anger on them. So what happened? They did exactly that. So they took the plunder. And now, they're going to go to the next city that they're going to conquer. It's called Ai or Ai, however you want to call it. And one guy in their camp took some stuff. His name was Achan. God says, don't take anything. But Achan coveted some of the plunder and hid it for himself. You know what happened? You guess what happened. God's people got beat up. Many died. Because God doesn't play that game. He is the righteous judge. He is the one who is going to right all the wrongs. Jesus blew people's minds when he came into the scene in Israel. Because Jesus looked at people and he said to them, You heard that it was said, Love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, hate, don't hate your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to them. And people were saying, say that again? What was Jesus saying? Was he, was he advocating pacifism? That you need to love your enemies and don't go to war with them? Not at all. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, do not take the law into your own hands or you're going to become a law unto yourself and you will reject God's righteous decree and you're going to get in trouble. If you decide to right all the wrongs, if you and I decide that it's in our power, it's in our wisdom, it's in our ability and capability to deal with all the things that are going on in this world without consulting God, we're in a lot of trouble. Because God says, I am the one that you should reflect. My judgment is what counts. Not your ingenuity, not even your righteous indignation. This is what the Bible says in Romans. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What Paul is saying here is that we are not to use our anger, however justified it may be, and put ourselves in the place of God. God is on our side. He is a righteous judge. No one, I mean no one, will get away with it in the end. Because God will make an accounting of everything and everyone's going to pay. Don't worry about it. For now, we need to trust God's judgment, God's righteousness. Everybody will give an account for everything they have done. It is His will to show us His grace in this day and age. Amen? It is His will to show us His mercy. This is a day and age when we have to proclaim the mercies of God, the goodness of God. Let's not try to hate those people who are doing certain things out there that are wrong. I know, I too, when I watch television, I say, what is, what's wrong with these people? Why are they looting? Why are they destroying property? And why are this, why is that? You know, I mean, that's a justified kind of an anger. But you know what? I need to stop myself because I have to think this way. I have to think if those people knew who Jesus is, they wouldn't be doing that. You know why? Because they're reacting in their anger. They're reacting with their body and soul. But their spirits are dead. The Bible says you come to Christ, you'll be going to be made alive. The things that are going on out in the world, the ones that, are, that, that, that is just coming into conflict with what God is saying we should do, that's all a product of people who are spiritually dead. So why, why are we supposed, why are we going to get angry? We already know they're spiritually dead. What's the solution? Paul said it. If your enemy is thirsty, do some good. Do not pay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, well, they're getting away with it. They're, you know, if, if, if I believe that, Pastor, then I will never be able to, you know, we'll never be able to have peace and order in our world. I, I, I don't like to go in that route. I'd like to think if we as Christians not only pray, but begin to reach out to people. I mean, that's our calling anyway, right? If they see, if they don't see because they're not thinking godly, because they're dead, what's going to happen? Who's going to tell them? Paul says, how are people going to know if we don't tell them? I mean, it's as simple as that. If God's Spirit and His Word is not involved in mitigating our anger, we are liable to do things that are beyond what God allows. God will set things right in His own way and in His own time. We are to reflect His righteousness that way. May I just say this? I want to interject this. Why did God give us the law? I mean, this is in the Bible. What, what, what's, the, what's the use of the Ten Commandments? If you ask a Christian, why is the Ten Commandments been given by God to people? The Ten Commandments, or the law in general, has been given to us to prove one thing. It proves that we are sinners. Okay? Because if there's no sin, there should be no law. Right? And why do we have regular laws here in, in, in our area? Why do we have police? Why do we have all of these laws? Those laws exist because instinctively... We all know, whether you're a Christian or not, instinctively we need law because instinctively we know we do bad things. That's in, in us, right? So those of you who, who, who are thinking about, you know, what side am I going to take and what's going on, you take God's side. Don't ever get political on the issue of the righteousness of God. Don't ever walk there. E.V. Hill, one of my favorite preachers, he said it best. He said, and I've said it many times, so I say it again here. I'm not a right-winger. I'm not a left-winger. I'm for the bird. That's what I am. What matters to me is that the glory of God is seen. First, by God's people 
because we are to reflect that glory in our midst. So when you start joining protests, make sure that the billboard you raise up says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You get caught in this thing, and trust me, believe me, God is going to tell you, it's not your place. It's your place to say to yourself, I know whom I have believed. I am persuaded that He is able to complete that which He has given me until that day. That's who we are. God will straighten things out. The root cause of the problem we are facing both as a nation and as individuals is that we want to be the law unto ourselves. We want to solve our own issues, our own way, and according to our own righteousness. This is what the Bible calls sin. The lawlessness, lawlessness that we are seeing is an attempt at playing God. But I said before, and I say it again, God solved that problem once and for all by sending Jesus to the cross. And the cross accomplished what no law have ever come close to accomplishing. And that is the cross enabled the transformation of the human heart. This is made possible by Jesus satisfying God's anger and justice and righteousness all at the same time. We can now have access to peace because of the change that will take place in our hearts by coming to faith in Jesus. Contemplated response, complete righteousness belongs to God. And thirdly, to tame the fury within, we must crucify recurring transgressions and allow truth to win. Verse 21, first part. Therefore, you want to get rid of that fury, that anger, that misplaced sense of justice? Here's what you do. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. What should I do to get rid of the anger within? Crucify, kill, destroy the things in our lives that are contrary to what the Spirit of God is leading us to do. The word used here is the word get rid of. You know the word get rid of all moral filth and all of that stuff. The word there is the word to overthrow. It's a strong word which carries the idea of not allowing the sins to be in the place of authority in our life. If sin rules, anger rules in a bad way. You agree? We are commanded to stop the rule of sin in our life and allow the truth to win. Anger is overthrowing the rule of law right now in our nation. It has to be stopped. The only way to stop it is for good people to uphold what we have known all along and have proven to be right and true. Truth must win. Not frustration, not anger, not violence, God did not solve the problem of sin by pouring His anger. He solved the problem of sin by pouring His love. 
His grace and His mercy and gave us the opportunity to come to a transformative relationship with God and with each other. That's what Jesus meant when He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's exactly what He means. He means unless God puts His law into your heart and mind, we will never be able to truly express our love for God and good luck to us loving our neighbor. This is all true. This is all, this is all brought about by Jesus. Only Jesus can transform your heart and mind. If we think we can solve our problems by ourselves, best of luck. Loved ones, we need to call on the name of Jesus. Let's bring this issue of anger a little closer to home. Are you dealing with anger issues right now? Stop telling me I have an anger problem. <laughs> Are you dealing with that stuff, unresolved, unconfessed sin in your life? It's the one and the same, according to the Bible. And I'm going to say this too, and some of you are going to cringe when I say this. The devil is real. Jesus spoke about the devil. That means Jesus acknowledges that the devil is real. The Bible says that the devil is the ruler of this world. He specializing in, specializes in twisting the truth. And turning legitimate responses in anger and turning it into sin. Especially when dealing with anger. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26-27, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. This is not a suggestion, it's a command from God. Let not our anger linger and linger and linger and it becomes a deterrent to us living our life peacefully and happily and joyfully. The Bible is clear in this issue. When we get angry and let it linger and hang on to it, even though we know we shouldn't hang on to that anger, even though we're getting convicted by the Spirit of God, we still hang on to it and hang on to it and hang on to it. We're saying to God, oh, I have this anger issue, God, but be patient with me. I'm going to get rid of it some, at some point. Just be patient with me. And it's true with all the other sins that we do anyway. But be patient with me and I'll get it done. I'll clean up my act. But what we don't recognize is the devil is also patient. He's very, very patient. He's watching all of these things. And the longer we hang on to these things, especially to anger, the more territory he will occupy in your life and mine. We notice that anger is very simple. If you, if you have an anger issue, let me make this suggestion. Okay, just go to the mirror. You will notice a few things. Okay, first of all, you start grinding your teeth. And then your nose will start shaking. And then your head will start moving. And then your eyes will close halfway. Right there and then you know, the next thing you're going to blow. Right? Starts with the grinding of teeth. The flowering of the nose, the shaking of the head, and the closing of the halfway eyes. 
Just look in the mirror. It's not hard. The moment we give in to that, the next thing you know is that your body is going to start doing this. And sometimes you're by yourself. You're so angry, you're by yourself. I'm not kidding, you know, you, you, you're laughing, but you do this. Oh, I'm just, pra- I'm just practicing my UFC skills. No, you're not. You're angry, you want to punch somebody. That's, 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 that's you and I, unless we have a heart that's been changed. Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Contemplate our reaction. Complete righteousness belongs to God. Crucify recurring transgressions. And finally, confidently receive the truth of the word. Confidently. A person with confidence is a person with hope. So we are to receive the Word of God with confidence. Confidence meaning we put our hope in the Word of God. We not only believe it, we receive it as truth. Bible says, and humbly accept the Word planted in you which can save you. We are not just to overthrow the wickedness in dealing with anger. We must also replace it with a new authority, the authority of God's Word. He says, humbly accept the Word planted in you. You know, as followers of Jesus, He planted His Word in our hearts the moment we put our faith in Him. His death and resurrection gave us salvation and His Word has been implanted to us, His proven Word. And that Word is our salvation, not of the soul necessarily, not of the spirit, not of the soul, but the Word of God helps us escape the consequences and damage that sin brings in our life. We are not simply to believe the Word. We must humbly accept it. What does it mean to accept the Word of Christ? It means to replace old, dangerous, sinful, unhealthy, filthy, dirty thoughts thoughts with the words of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We demolish arguments and every pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Want to get rid of anger? Those of us who are struggling with it, if you're struggling with it, with this, outside of a relationship with God, it begins if you don't have a relationship with God and you're dealing with anger, if you don't know Jesus, the first step is to listen to Jesus' words. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody makes it apart from me. The moment you hear that and you accept it, you're on your way to being adopted by God as His child. That's where it all begins. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of Christ. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're watching you're listening, it begins by stopping the argument. When people come up to me and they ask me, how do I know that Jesus is the answer? I never, ever answer that question. You know what I say to people who ask me that? Why don't you research it yourself? Why don't you, you know, take a step of faith and I bring them to that step of faith? Instead of coming to me and, and, and having me explain this to you, why don't I pray for you and in the meantime, do the research? 
figure it out yourself. You know, because if, if, if you come to the Lord because I convinced you, you're probably going to go backslide after three hours. But if you seek Him, you will find Him. Only seek Him with all of your heart. So that's the way it begins. It begins with accepting what Jesus said about Himself. He did not present a religion. He presented His Word. He says, I say to you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to get rid of anger? If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to accept the Word in your heart and begin to walk in it. He will give you a new heart. He will give you a new spirit, a right spirit. I know enough people who do not believe in God and yet they get angry with Him when something bad happens. So I'm not buying it. Ah, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Okay, the next time a tornado happens and rips up your house, don't get angry at God. You never believed in Him. Truth of the matter is, there's something in the inside of us that cries out. Respond to it. To Christians who are struggling with this issue of anger, I want you to know that the word of truth planted in your hearts and mind by Jesus is there. You were born again with the word of truth. Don't let anger obscure the word of Christ in you. 1 Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.